2,000 years ago, Jesus told us that we are a city on a hill and the light of the world. Now, more than ever, the world needs the church to be a light in the darkness, a beacon of hope, a place to belong. All around us, neighbors, family, friends, are desperately searching for a refuge in the wilderness, for an anchor in the storm, for a place to belong. It's time to show them who the church really is. Welcome them in. Welcome them back. Because it's who we are. It's who we were always meant to be. Let's remind the world that they matter to God. No matter what they've been through, no matter how far they feel from faith, no conditions, no judgment, just love. And that this is truly a place to belong. participating in the September the 17th Back to Church. Um, we're part of all the collective churches in America that are doing this. You saw the graphic that said there's going to be hundreds and thousands of churches and millions of people. We're inviting everybody in America back to church on that one day. So you'll see more of these videos as we come up, but it actually plays a lot into what we're talking about this morning. So I just want to circle back just a little bit to um, what Michael was talking about with the, the, the stuff for the front glass. And we've actually had a little bit of money come in towards that. So it's um, not anything that we're trying to compel anybody or beg up here. We're not up here. Won't you help us? And it's not any of that stuff at all. It's just simply letting you guys know what we're doing and the direction we're going. And if anyone wants to be a participation, participate with that, that'd be great. Um, the other thing is we talked last week about the you were here, you were made to, and um, we're giving these out a lot. I've given out a bunch of these, and it's always awesome to see a smile on people's faces when we invite them to church. So you'll see there's this whole theme of what we're trying to do right now, gearing up into this whole method into the back to church, but don't have to wait till September the 17th to come back to church. Anyway, all right, so this morning I have some props up here. And I have a little bit different um, visual aid this morning. But first of all, I want to tell you, I don't know about you, but when I go to a restaurant, I like to get my sweet tea, and I like to get my limes. I like limes instead of lemons in my sweet tea. And I like to get my mixture all set up with it. If it's got just the right amount of sugar in the sweet tea, which is a lot, and I get my limes in there, and I squeeze it all up there. But then if I get down to the bottom, and the waitress comes and takes my glass... And she goes and brings me back a brand new glass. I'm often really disappointed because I already had my mixture all set up and how it was going in there. And I liked the way I had it. I want to just had some more put in there. So I had to put one more lime in there instead of squeeze three or four. But that's just me. So I had this picture taken two nights ago at the restaurant that I eat at every night to kind of show you what I do and what's going on with me. So you see, I've got my sweet tea there and I've got the whole thing of limes. I'm very spoiled. 
And then because I'm there at the end of the night, they're about to ready to dump to all the tea so they can clean all the tea containers. So I get them to line me up three of more sweet tea so that I'm ready to go and I can keep doing my mixture and I can just squeeze another lime in there. And while that's humorous and funny for me, it actually is very good sweet tea and I love the lime and how it all works out. But I want to draw a conclusion and a comparison, I should say, between the sweet tea and you'll notice I have two cylinders up here and they're filled with water and they're both black water. And I'm going to draw the comparison to it in just a minute. But first of all, I want us to look at John chapter 3, verse 30. Now to set the stage for where we're at with this, this is talking about John the Baptist. And he was a forerunner to Jesus. So he came ahead of time to Jesus. And he's going out there preparing the way of the Lord. So he's preparing what is going to happen with Jesus coming on. He's trying to let everybody know and telling them, turn turn or burn. And he's just like really strong with them that you got to accept Christ. You got to just repent from your sins and just move on. And there's one coming that's he's pointing to Jesus. So then Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus has the moment that they're at the the river, he gets baptized, and God speaks from heaven. Wouldn't that be amazing to be there and hear God's voice like thundering? Like, be, you don't need subwoofers. But it, it's all pretty cool. And, and then Jesus goes and starts his ministry, but now John has accomplished what he had done, and so now his is fading off as Jesus is on the uptake. It's, it's on the rise. So John has got these people that are loyal to him and his followers, those that are helping him through everything. So they come to him and they asked him, what do you think about Jesus? Now he's like rising up. So can you imagine? They're like with John. They're like, man, this is the newest, latest, greatest thing. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like fading down, fading down, fading down. They're like, hey, we're on your ship. What's going on with this? How do you feel about that? And this is what John says in verse 30. He, Jesus, must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. I love the way he painted that picture. He said, we're from the earth, but he's from heaven. He supersedes us. He's higher than us. He has come from above. I must become less and less, but he must become greater and greater. Another translation says... He must increase, but I must decrease. So I want us to look at the the things that are here. So we're born in a sinful nature. It just is part of the fall from Adam and Eve, the decision. And I've gone in great length of that in previous things. You can look at the podcast, look at the videos, and you can see that more. So I'm not going to rehash all that. But we're born into a sinful nature. And so when we're born, this is what our soul looks like. This is what our mind, our will, our emotion. This is just, we're born into this. So you don't have to have a toddler running around or a baby. You have to teach them how to pitch fits. You don't have to teach them how to rebel and fling their legs and kick and scream and holler. You don't have to teach them any of that because we're born with that ability. You don't have to take teenagers and send them to camp as youth, to learn how to rebel and try and sneak around on parents. It's just how we're born. So we see that we are of the earth. So this is just the nature of the earth that's going on here. But, but we see here that John's saying, I must decrease 
so that God, Jesus, can increase. So I want to suggest to you that we're like this container here, that this is the fullness of who we are. This is how we're born. But then we have that day that we say, Jesus, I want to accept you into my life. Today is my day. I choose to surrender my life to you. Today's my day. That's an event. But then the process continues, and we must decrease. We must give capacity for God to come in our lives. So look what happens. When we decrease, then we're able for God to come in and say, I want to increase in your life. Now notice it didn't make a big change. I put clear water in there and some of the dark water is still there. It's a little bit different. You can probably draw some conclusions with that. But when I first start on that walk with God, when I start on that path, say, today is my day. I take the first step. My life doesn't change and all of a sudden I'm pure white. That it's clear. That everything is just all right. It is a process. So then as I decrease some more and I'm pouring out, And I say, God, I want to give room for you to increase in my life. More is happening. It's like, wow, I can see a little bit more through that. But I want to decrease some more. And I want you to increase into my life. Wow, we're starting to see some growth here. But if that was all that was going on in our lives, that'd be wonderful. But then there are still those people in our life who are worldly. And they want to shoot negativity into us. And they want to just keep throwing the things of the world, the worldly things. And what happens is, oh my gosh, now where it was getting clear and I was actually seeing some growth, I was actually getting someplace, now it's getting dark again. I have to keep decreasing to leave room for him to increase in my life. I must decrease some more. But notice this didn't just happen in one time. This is like a process. It just keeps going. And somebody comes along and they're telling, just spewing the all over you and lying and giving you problems. And God's like, well, I, I want to be in here with you. But it's this going back and forth that's going on. I'm going to decrease to make room for more of God in my life. Yes, I'm belaboring the point. And while my bucket ran out, God does not run out. But... This is a process. I didn't dump the whole thing out because we can't decrease completely. There's only God inside of us. We live in a fallen world and stuff keeps getting inside of us and we keep trying to work it out. Romans 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, this is conformed. It's real easy to fall back into the ways of the world. Just as John says, we live in an earthly world. We live in the world, but he, Jesus, is from heaven. We can conform real easy by doing nothing. That's going to happen naturally because there's going to be people all around us that keep on just drip, 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 drip on us, and it keeps getting cloudier and cloudier and cloudier. That is just normal. But it says, but be transformed. That is action. That is something we have to do. I have to do. That's not, this is just going to happen. This takes action. That's going to happen by default. This requires something for me to do. And that is by the renewing of your mind. So why are we reading through a chapter of the Bible, a book of the Bible every month? 
so we can renew our mind. Why are we doing this as a church? Why don't we just say, okay, well, let's everybody read your Bible. No, we're renewing our mind as a group, so we're all having intentionality, so we're walking through these steps together because it is a path we're walking through together. Why do we ask you for the first 15 minutes of your day to be something different than what you've normally done? Because we don't want to conform to the world, but we want to be transformed. If you can put that back up for me. We want to stay being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So the first 15, we're asking you the first 15 minutes when you wake up in the morning to read five minutes of the, of the word of God, to spend five minutes worshiping, and to spend five minutes praying and asking God. The first 15, just that starts transforming your mind by the renewing. So that, for what? Why do we want to do all this? Why are we even looking at this? Why are we doing this analogy? What is it? So that you may prove what is the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. The will of God for you is to be good, acceptable, and perfect. Perfect actually means complete. God wants you to live an abundant life. He doesn't want you just to have air in out of your lungs and a heart beating and you just live a terrible life. This is what your life is. See, you could actually make the decision to say, okay, God, today is my day. I accept you in my heart. I surrender my life. And you do nothing ever the rest of your life and this is what your life will look like. But if I'm going to transform and renew my mind, that is the process. I must decrease so he can increase. So the capacity inside of me, if I'm just full of myself, if I'm just full of the world, then there's no room for God. I must decrease so that he can increase. Another translation of that says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Think about it. God has done so much for all of us. He sent his son. He lived on the earth. He showed us that you can live a godly life and not sin. That you can be tempted just like everybody else and not sin. And then he was crucified to pay for our sins so we don't have to pay for our own sins. Jesus did a lot for us. He says, I plead with you. Give your bodies to God. Because of all that he's done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Not that I can do my own thing and say, well, God's going to accept me no matter what, but I want to live the kind of life that he, God, will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. We have a worship service every Sunday. We call this entire hour our worship experience because this is how we're worshiping him. But It's not just raising our hands. It's not just singing a song. It's not just having the great music and all of the different things. It's actually how we live our life to be a living and holy sacrifice, to live the kind of life he finds acceptable is the way to worship him. But can I suggest to you that you're either conforming or being transformed? There's no in-between. If you're not taking the action steps to transform you are by default conforming. Everyone around you will keep making sure there is this blackness of the world that is trying to get inside of you. So you actually have to take steps. That's why it's wonderful to come to church. It's not about just coming to church to do a checkbox, like I say all the time. It is about getting around other people. They're going to help renew your mind. They're going to help you stay on that path. My wife has a saying, everything is common to women. What you're going through tomorrow, I may have went through today or I'll go through the day after that. We're all in this together. Well, that's for women, she's saying for, it's the same for all of us. We all are going to face, be faced with struggles. 
we all are going to have the world that tries to get inside of us and tries to pollute and corrupt our mind. But notice with my analogy, I still didn't make it so it's completely clear. I didn't keep on going so intentionally that it's mostly clear water. It's just a tent of there. I did this on purpose because I haven't arrived, and this is really a good representation of my life. I still miss it. I still lose it. I still say things I wish I hadn't said. I still say um, words come out of my mouth, and I just want to grab them like, come back, come back, come back. But I can't. I still am walking through this process, just like every one of you, to renew my mind. I must decrease, pour my life out, so that he may increase, that there's a capacity for God in my life, that I renew my mind, that I look at how God does things and not how the world does things. You're either conforming or you're transforming. Verse 2, that says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. See, we can copy the behaviors and the customs of the world. That's easy. Everyone sees all the advertisements, all the media, all the different things. It's really easy to copy them and say, okay, I'm just going to do just like they do. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then this will... This is how you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is all of that. I love that. A little bit later, oh, I'm sorry, in Philippians 2:14, it says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing. So that you'll prove yourself to be blameless and innocent children of God. See, he's saying, you've got to work at this so you can prove that you're doing this. You've got to work at this whole thing. Children of God, living above the reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. See, there, all around us is this blackness. All of this just stuff that wants to get on us. Among whom you appear to be lights of the world. Remember the video we opened with? God's called us to be the light of the world. Holding fast to the word of God so that in the day of Christ I have reason to glory that I did not run in vain or toil in vain. He's like, I wrote all these books not because I'm sitting in prison I have nothing else to do. So, hey, I think I'll write down Ephesians. I think I'll write a letter to Philippians. I think I'll write all these letters that the Church on the Rock is going to read through the entire month for, you know, in, in thousands of years from now. He says, no, I'm pouring my life into people. What he wrote all those books for was to help people. He wrote letters to help people. He's like, everything I did, I don't want to have run in vain or toiled in vain. But even if I'm being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith, I rejoice and share my joy with you all. You too, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy. We saw the video challenging us to invite people to come back to church. He's like, I poured my life out for you to train you, to help you to know the right way to transform your life, to change what God has for you. I poured out as a drink offering. And when I read that, I really thought about this analogy about keeping on pouring my life out. But can I suggest to you, we're not, I'm using a garbage can just to, to make it a nice, pretty thing, but we're pouring our lives out into the people around us. 
If I pour this out, you're going to get nasty black water all over you. But whenever I'm pouring out this water, I'm pouring out something that's different. The people say, you're going through the same problems I'm going through. You're having the same struggles I'm going through. But there's something different about you. You're going through more than what I'm going through. I can't even imagine the struggles that you're going through. And yet, you still smile. There's still something, there's just something about you. Yeah, I'm decreasing, so I have the capacity for God to increase in my life. And he says, Paul says, I urge you, rejoice in the same way and share your joy with me. What is that sharing your joy with me? Sharing and investing into people. Who will you invite? Have you ever heard the saying that my soul is as black as this leather or the black as this car or whatever? That's my soul is black. Yeah, it is. Our whole mind, will, and emotions are black because that's the way we were created after sin. We are in a sin nature when we're born. But it doesn't have to stay that way. Philippians 2, further, actually a little bit before that, said this, So my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we've got the day, the event of salvation. Today's my day. God, I accept you in my life. I surrender my life to you. That's the day. That's an event. But then there's this other pesky scripture that sticks out there that says, now work out your salvation. What what, what does that mean? That means I now am on a path and I have to work out every day to keep decreasing so there's room for him to increase in my life. I have to pour my life out into other people and show forth what God has given me. So they look at me and say, man, I want what's going on in your life. It doesn't make our problems go away. This isn't clear water. It makes it so we say, hey, there's a help in the midst of our problem. There's a way out. There's Joy, we have an abundant life. We have a life that is worth living. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I love the next verse. For it is God who is at work in you. This isn't something I'm just working on myself saying, man, I wonder how clear I can get this water. This is God's work in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What is his good pleasure? He wants me to live an abundant life. He doesn't want me just living life and being miserable. It's him who's doing the work. But the only way he can do work in my life is if I decrease so he can increase. This is a daily process. This isn't just something that just happens. Wouldn't it be great if as soon as you were saved that immediately this turns just to pure white and all of a sudden everything's just completely done That's not the way it happens. It's a process. Close your eyes with me this morning. I don't know where you're at in this process. Maybe you've not even started the process, whether you're in this room or you're listening on the podcast or you're watching the video or watching the live stream. Maybe today is your day to actually surrender your life to God. Or maybe you once surrendered your life to God and just things happened. 
it used to be real easy, but it's not anymore. And you'd say, Pastor Kevin, I, I, if I'm being truthful, I find myself really far from God. Today can be your day again. Or it can be your day for the first time if you've never accepted him. So the first part of this is salvation, is the event salvation. And if that's you, I just want to ask you to pray this prayer. Say, God in heaven, thank you for sending your son to die in my place. To pay for my sins so I don't have to. I ask you to forgive me for living my life without you. For living life on my own. Jesus, please forgive me. I surrender everything to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be number one. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my heart. Father God, I just pray for everyone who's prayed that prayer. whether it's for the first time or for another time. And Lord, I pray that as the event has happened, now the next step is the working out of our salvation, the walking on this process, the decreasing so that you can increase. And Lord, I believe that brings all of us into that equation. Lord, I myself am challenged by this message that I constantly work on renewing my mind, that I continually daily in the process decrease and allow room for you to increase in my life. That one year from now, I'm not the same as I am today, but I'm a better version of me. That which you are working at is you who are doing this work inside of me. Lord, I pray for that for everyone here in this room and the sound of my voice. I ask you, God, to do the great work that you have promised us that you're doing. Lord, it requires me to surrender. So today I surrender again to allow you to increase in my life, that I choose to decrease, that I choose to take steps, action, to renew my mind, that I choose to transform my mind, that tomorrow I'll be a little bit more like you, and the next day, and the next day. I give you all of this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.